Buenos días, iglesia. ¿Cómo están ustedes? Qué alegría poder estar en este día con ustedes, celebrando un día increíble que Dios ha creado para nosotros. Amén. Good morning, church. I am so excited to be here. Um, there are no words. No words to describe honestly how grateful I am for the New York City Church of Christ. My wife and I were born from this church back in the late 90s. We have relationships in this room. I just saw some very dear friends I got to hug here. And uh, Jim and Teresa Brown have been, just really for us, have been inspiring leaders in our walk with God. And to be able to be here with you to celebrate on this incredible day is very, very special to us. Uh, we live in North Carolina, as it was shared, and we've been there for the last six years serving in the ministry, but our story, and, and I feel like this message today is a little bit self-serving, because the things that I want to share today has a lot to do with what God has allowed me to see in the mission. You know, you've heard a lot already this morning where I feel like, man, we could just leave and worship God for all the good that He's done in the lives of those that we've already heard share. I mean, when Teresa started singing, my eyes started to sweat, and I was just, I was ready. I was ready. I'm like, God, you are amazing. Thank you. I miss listening to Teresa sing. But let me tell you, God has allowed me to really reflect on these last almost 21 years. And the 21 years that I've had to experience what this church, the New York City Church of Christ, have done to connect nations and people and families and friends. It's amazing. And I want to tell you a little bit of the stories of people that I know, people that I've, that I've been in their homes, that I've seen them in their highs and in their lows. The things that I've heard and I've seen, it's only because of the grace of God that I've been able to see it. And I think these stories need to be said because if somebody doesn't say it, they won't say it. Because they're so grateful to God and it's because of the giving of the men and women in this church. In our churches, across our fellowship, we have an amazing fellowship. I tell you, uh, in the last three or four years I've had the opportunity to just kind of just look at Christendom. And have visited uh, mainline churches of Christ and independent Christian churches and evangelical churches and and. Looking at all of that, because I'm sort of that researcher guy, I'm like, you know, what do we need to do to really glorify God and to learn from all these places? Because this is the place that I want to be. And we have a very special fellowship that God's given us. And I tell you, I wouldn't trade our fellowship for no anywhere else. Because of, about the stories and the relationship that I want to talk about. Here, the title of the message is Relationships and the Mission. Relationships and the mission. I want to show you a picture of my family. Those were my kids. And she's, she's not my daughter, the one on top. That's my wife. She looks so young, right? Been married a few years and we had those three kids. My, Gabriela is 16 and uh, she's a disciple of Jesus. Amen. And we're in that process. You know where it says in Matthew 28, teach them to obey everything? Yeah, we're still on that. We need some help on that. So please pray for us. Uh, Ariana's 14, and Alexander's going to be 12 this year. So those are, those are our kids. Next slide, please. These are our spiritual parents. So 
Some of you may know them. It's Willis and Deborah Ware. They trained us in the ministry. They were the ones that appointed us and gave us a vision about being in the ministry and about the mission. When I studied the Bible, and by the way, I, uh, I mentioned this earlier, that uh, I owe the continent of Nigeria, or the continent of Africa, the country of Nigeria, my faith. Because there was a brother by the name of Ibun Jaisami, some of you know who he is, reached out to my cousin, and my cousin reached out to me. So he's my grandpa. And so I always love to share that story when I, I reach out to a Nigerian. I'm like, listen, thank you. And they're like, you're welcome, you know, with their incredible voice, you know. But uh, they put the vision in me about missions. I know when I studied the Bible, the first thing that I thought of is they're going to send me to some country in Africa. You know, the worst place I thought they were going to send me that was going to be real difficult was I said they're going to send me at least to Cuba, you know. But I was ready to go. And I wanted to go. And Cuban food is not too bad either. So, but I didn't go to Cuba. I haven't gone to Africa. I did go to Bolivia, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. Next slide, please. This is where we live in Raleigh, North Carolina. Next slide. Uh, in North Carolina, there's about eight churches with 1,700 plus disciples. Uh, the congregation I'm a part of is where uh, Sam Lang actually wrote his book and uh, wrote many of his books, and I get to be around a lot of spiritual giants over there. Next slide. Uh, these are some of the, the men and women that we work with, that we collaborate with in the Triangle area. We were in Panama there this past year, and uh, there's some of the women as well that uh, we serve with in all of North Carolina. We're very close in our relationship with our churches, and, and uh, obviously uh, Africa is actually a focus of ours. We, we serve uh, and give to Nairobi, Kenya, and we've done a lot of work there in the last uh, 20 years. Next slide. I have some um, mission memories that I'm going to jump into, but I wanted to uh, prime our time with this verse, this scripture that I hope would be encouraging to you because I believe it, it, it summarizes and it also really helps me to, to express in the best way that I know how what I feel about our churches. Here in Colossians chapter 1, verse 3, and you guys know the Scripture, it says, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and the love you have for all the saints, the faith and love that spring from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven, and that you have already heard about in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you all over the world. This gospel is bearing fruit and growing, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace and all its truth. In verse 9, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This particular verse, these verses, I was, I was thinking and meditating, and one of the things that really stood out 
that I want to just kind of prime your heart about and the things that I'm going to share is that God wants us to live a life that's worthy of the Lord. That's His desire. That is His dream. That is, He wants us, our lives to understand, yes, He's worthy and your life needs to be worthy. And one of the things that I hear about the Westchester Church is that how generous you are. How giving you've been throughout the years. You know a little bit about me. I need to know a little bit about you. How long, uh, how many of you have been disciples, uh, followers of Jesus, five years or less? Raise your hand. Okay. How about ten years or more? Or ten years or less? Thank you. Okay. Twenty years or more. Or less. Sorry, I keep going more. Okay. Anybody here has been disciples? Thirty years or less. Any 40 years or less? Wow. Amen. Anybody has been a disciple 50 years or less? Okay. Let me tell you. I'm in a congregation where we have disciples that have been disciples 50 years. 50 years in the faith. But to see all the hands that came up here, 40, 30, 20 Do you know that God has been using you for years for people like me to have dreams about the kingdom of God? I've had an opportunity to be in the ministry for the last 21 years, and I will tell you that you guys are heroes in the faith. Maybe you don't have a chance or an opportunity to preach every week or or every month or whatever, but let me tell you, God looks at you and He says, your life is worthy And I appreciate so much that God's desire is that we continue to grow in the knowledge of God. And we can see God sometimes, and sometimes we can't. Is that right? You guys with me on that? There are things that are happening right now in your life that God sees very clearly, and you're not seeing it. And we've got to be open to the fact that maybe even at this moment, God is wanting to open up your eyes to see things that He wants you to see at a given time. And so I want to season really our time here with three things that you're going to hold on to as you're listening to what I'm sharing. There's three things that uh, you got to be reminded of as I share these mission memories that I have. The first thing is we need to reflect on the things that you've given to. You need to reflect on the things that you're given to. As you hear stories, these are stories because you have given in the past. Also, as you hear these stories, you've got to know what you are giving to now. And so let that be on your mind as I'm sharing, because there's going to be a lot of sharing, there's a lot of pictures, but I want you to get this, because this is going to reveal the knowledge of God to you, of how He's using your gift to the Lord. And then the third one is, and there's a gift. There's a gift that God is constantly wanting you to see that He has prepared for all of us as a result of what you've given, what you're giving, and what the gift is going to be. Amen? Let's go to the next slide. So, any Puerto Ricans in the house? I got to tell you, after really giving a lot of credit to the continent of Africa and Nigeria... Uh, as a Christian, as a young Christian, back in 1998, 
my first six months as a Christian, I was being discipled by a Puerto Rican brother. And let me tell you, I, I owe that little island, because of that brother, my faith. There were things that I did as a Christian, as a young Christian, that really reminds me I shouldn't be here. I should have been disfellowshipped from the church. And that brother loved me and rebuked me and helped me to grow because of his love for God. And he believed in me and I, and, and he, he, he fixed me up, let me tell you. Puerto Ricans are no joke, alright? He worked on me. He, he brought the gospel to me. He, he helped me to understand things that I, I needed to understand as a young Christian. And let me tell you, this is a transformation because I'm here because he didn't give up on me. You know, when we give to certain people, certain communities of people, we don't know how that's going to spread. And the opportunity that I had to be in his life allowed me to go visit Puerto Rico. His dad passed away. His brother's name is Kenny Lede. Some of you might know him. But his, his dad passed away. I got to visit Puerto Rico with him. And I didn't know that a year later I'd be preaching in Puerto Rico. Let me go to the next slide here. So this is me, like 2001 with my wife. You know, my wife is the same. I've aged and lost a little bit of hair. Uh, I used to have a lot more hair back then. But uh, it, it was incredible to me to be able to spend time with the leaders back then, with that church. And let me tell you what kind of service they gave us. See, when you give your contribution, you don't understand that you're also instilling faith and service and hospitality in people. When I first went to Puerto Rico, there was a couple that gave up their whole house for my wife and I to stay. They left their house, and, and this is stuff that we maybe do here in the U.S., but we're not aware that they're open and doing this, and that's just not because I was a leader or because I was there to preach, but that is the, their practice. When I go to Puerto Rico or, and I've come back and I've talked to different people, uh, Raul and Nidia Vasquez have always, people know their house because that is their conviction is that God has given me this house so that everybody who comes can stay here. And if they have to stay somewhere else so that they can give their whole house, they don't blink an eye. And these are the people that we are supporting and giving and the type of faith that they are giving in Puerto Rico. That was in 2001. Next slide. Little did I know that this past December, I'd get a chance to go to their missions contribution service. And in their missions contribution, 120 disciples in two different churches on that day, collected $35,000. Now, if you've been living in a bubble, you don't, you, you don't know what has happened in Puerto Rico. There's been incredible devastation. Not only were they collecting money that day, but they were making packages for the churches in Venezuela because of all the things that were going on. And they had, Hope Worldwide in Puerto Rico, had this whole wall full of boxes to give relief over there. This is the heart of the disciples in Puerto Rico. I got in touch with, with, uh, with uh, Jesus Chu. Uh, they call him Chu Cruz. His name is Jesus Cruz, Jesus Cross. Think about that. The leader of the church over there. He was, he was destined to be that, right? I found out, that, what was, what was, the, what was the, your final contribution? He said $45,000. Church had never given that much. And this is in a time of devastation. There, you know, I... After 20 years of relationships, they're the same couple, loving people, giving to people, spreading that type of love, spreading that type of faith all over the, the, uh, the uh, churches in Puerto Rico. Next slide, please. 
This was, uh, this was them, uh, us, when we, again, when we visited in 2001. Notice the guy who's a little bit, you know, muscular there, uh, sitting by the dominoes. Go to the next slide. Same guy. Took that picture in December. Let me tell you that when I got a chance to talk to him, he's, he's going through a rough spot. Had fallen away and it started coming back to church. And I happened to bring that picture to the church because they were celebrating their mission. But I wanted to let them know, 20-year relationship, how I remember them. And thank you so much for the things that they instilled in me. There are things that I've learned in the church in Puerto Rico that I have brought back to the States. And I said, if I'm ever in the ministry, this is what I, this is what I want family to look like. This is what, what love needs to look like. I, I want to make sure my home is open. I want to make sure that I'm giving and I'm serving the way these disciples serve in a third world country. Well, Puerto Rico's not that third world, but you know what I mean. In a place where, where it's different for, for them. And in Dominican Republic as well, and I'll talk about that in just a moment. But talking to this brother who's trying to be restored, he was so grateful that somebody remembered him. He didn't even know that that picture was going to be put up. He, he had been kind of visiting, sometimes not. And I believe that the Holy Spirit had it, had it prepared for him to come and see so that he can be reminded of the family he's a part of. And that's the thing that he kept on saying. He said he, he, he had left the church, he got married, his wife wanted to study the Bible, and he says, I only know one church that does that. And he returned to the church because he said, in this church there's family and they love people. Yes, I had walked away, but if you want to really know God, we need to go back. And he went back and he's there now in a church in Puerto Rico. Amen? Next slide. Dominican Republic, this is, my, this is my hometown. Santo Domingo, that's where I'm from. Next slide. You, guys, you, know, you know this guy? So, talk about the Holy Spirit. After I found out that I'd be doing two messages today, that I'd be coming to Westchester, uh, one of my best friends in the faith is this man right there, Angel Martinez. And I gave him a call and I said, hey... Angel, have you been at Westchester any time, you know, uh, like in the last, you know, couple of years? And he just started laughing and he said, I was there about three or four weeks ago. And so you heard from Angel. And I said, because Angel, God put on my heart that I want to share with them about what disciples in the Dominican Republic, what I've been able to experience for the last 20 years. And he says, bro, that's the spirit. Because I got a chance to preach and he shared about his life. He said, but I didn't share too much about the disciples, so you're not, you wouldn't be repeating anything. And I said, excellent. I'm excited because now I can back you up, you know. Because if you were saying anything, you know, because you need support because you're out there, you know. I, I, I'm just here to confirm the word of the work that they're doing over there. And so next slide. This is the church in the Dominican Republic. My wife and I and my children spent three weeks in the month of February preaching to the churches there. We were in Santo Domingo. We got to preach in uh, La Romana. And then we also went to Santiago. And in all three churches, let me tell you, the spirit of wanting to give, of wanting to serve, of wanting to make disciples are there. And it's because of the contribution that's given here. It's because you guys believe in them. It's because you prayed for them. And I want you to know that every time I go, my faith is refreshed. Two years ago, about almost three, my wife was dealing with some autoimmune issues. And in dealing with those autoimmune issues, uh, she got very sick. And uh, in getting very sick, we had to take her to the hospital because she was in early sepsis. 
And those of you who don't know what that is, that means her, her organs were going to shut down and she was going to die. And we got through that. But after getting through that, Angel had called me because we'd been in contact. And he said, bro, you just need to come. You just need to come and we're going to take care of you. You need to be refreshed. I made sure that my wife was taken care of. And I went to the Dominican Republic. And let me tell you, they loved me. They took care of me. They, 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 they prayed with me. I cried with them. They just let me vent. But they took care of me. And I, I hope you know that when you're giving your offering, this is not just to give to, to some, something in the air. That when you give to God, you're giving to His people. And that you're building things that is absolutely necessary for us to make connections with God that otherwise some of us might not ever make. And so our hearts need to be to understand that you are giving to relationships so that people can heal, so people can have a relationship with God and be restored with Him. You're giving so that love increases and so that we can work to be the men and women that bring glory to the God who's bestowed and showed us glory everywhere that we see. See, God wants us to have the knowledge of Him. But I think sometimes we're too busy in life. We don't stop to pause. We don't make decisions in our lives to just say, God, what is it that you want me to see today? Because, and, I, and I, I know that this is, you know, there's a lot of convenience in things like auto-draft. I auto-draft a lot of things in my life. My mortgage goes on auto-draft. My bills go on auto-draft. But don't ever let your contribution go on auto-draft. Make sure you understand that as you're giving, why you're giving, whose lives are being changed as a result of the love and the passion and the energy and your sacrifices that you're making so that other people would have incredible life-changing time so that they can also help others. I go to the Dominican Republic most of the time because I want to I wanna encourage them, but I always leave encouraged. And I want you to know that's not just me. There's so many. Those of you who have been out in the mission field, you know what I'm talking about. But even if you never go, you're going to have stories after stories after stories in eternity that's going to be connected to your sacrifice and your giving. Amen? Next slide. You know, these are some of my best friends uh, in the kingdom, also in the Dominican Republic. Those boys that are underneath there, uh, the younger ones, they're making connections with my son. The girls are making connection with the teens over there. And let me tell you how valuable that is. You know, living in North Carolina, there's a lot of, you know, uh, African Americans and a lot of Caucasians. Not too many Dominicans over there. A lot of Mexicans, but not, not that many Dominicans. I'm kind of one of like four, you know, within the church. But one of the things that was very valuable to us and because of our contribution is that my children got a chance to go to the Dominican Republic and get lost in the fellowship. I'm like, where's my kids? We all look alike over there. But you know what? They, the connection that they make, are, are making for a lifetime, that they can look to a, a church that we've planted that, that has family because we're all one in Christ. Amen? And we have, we have relationships. God made us of all these different colors and flavors and all of that because... It, it brings the fullness of God. We all need each other. If there's anything that I, that, that I want to kind of add into this is how important it is to, to preserve our diversity. You know, I heard recently, you know, some people uh, kind of say this and they don't really understand what they're saying. It's like, oh, when I see people, I don't see color. 
Say, listen, if you don't see color, you don't see me. If you don't see the different colors in the church, you don't see how awesome God is. How, how diverse He is and how much He has to offer with every culture in the church. And so we need each other, amen? We need stories like these to remind us of how awesome God is and how He works even when the world is, is having all these arguments about, about race and about uh, cultures and about refugees and about all kinds of stuff that's trying to divide a nation. We are God's nation. We're God's people. And we're called to show them what it looks like to love each other and to show the power of God through our love and through our service to one another. Amen? Next slide. These are the teens, uh, some of the teens, the teen boys in the uh, Dominican Republic. Next slide. Uh, this is Luz, Angel's wife, and, and one of uh, Migdalia's best friends, Jackie, as well. And I'll tell you a little story about them in just a little bit. Next slide. This is uh, the leaders of the church in Santiago, and we were, I know it's almost lunchtime, so sorry for the torture. But uh, we had some good food over there. Let me tell you, some good food. There's some good Dominican food in Brooklyn as well. We're going to pause there for a second. So let me tell you a little bit more about relationships in Santo Domingo. There's a brother by the name of Luis and uh, his wife you just saw, Jackie Pujols. And Luis is a brother who's an architect and a builder. He put 11 months of work without charging to build the temple, to build the church in the Dominican Republic. He gave $30,000 of his own money into the building. And he did it with joy. He did it with excitement. He did it without complaining. He puts brothers in the church uh, to work, give them jobs. And that happened because we have supported those churches out there. Jackie, his wife, is an engineer. She started a private school, which many disciples attend. Her sister is also a disciple and is the principal of the school. And they're trying to represent and bring Jesus to those who attend. It's open to those to come. It's private, but, it, but if you want to be a part of that, you're going to have disciples teaching you. Your, your principal is a disciple. And it, like, you know, like a good Dominican family, and they will discipline you as well in that school. Brea, he's another brother. He serves as a lay leader. He has his own business. He leads a region of 300 people. And he does not get paid by the church. Every Sunday he comes in to preach the Word of God. They have two services in Santo Domingo. The one in the morning and he does the one at night. And he serves the church. I mean, every single time. The last 20 years I've seen him. He's been all over uh, Santo Domingo serving. But he does it from a, from a standpoint of not being paid by the church. This is the type of heart, guys, men and women, that we have in the Dominican Republic. And it's because of your giving and God using that. He initiated recently a fundraiser, a fund run to support work done to help the Dominican people, the poor people. And so because the Dominican Republic, they want to be a church not just to reach out to the masses of people who, who can help support financially the church, but they're also reaching out to the poor. Because that is a need in the Dominican Republic and in a lot of our third world countries. In Santiago, Juan Carlos and Yulisa, they lead that church. And they've been all over Santo Domingo. They picked up and, plant, and went to plant and, and serve in the church in Santiago, which is about two hours away. And uh, they've served in that city and lead that large city. In our visit there this past year, um, a single professional sister by the name of Cruci gave us her whole apartment for us to stay for about four days. Fully stocked with food, with multiple rooms, 
for my family. You want to talk about humbling? She left her whole apartment four days to stay with another sister. And we're like, no, don't do that, please. We'll sleep on the floor. Don't do that. She's like, it would be my honor to do that. This is what we're supporting, brothers and sisters. Lastly, in Bolivia, my wife and I got a chance to to be there uh, with Hope Worldwide. Uh, Next slide. If uh, Willis and Deborah Ware are African-American grandparents in the faith, for my kids, they're our parents. Uh, uh, um, Kevin and Noel Broyles, they're our our Caucasian grandparents and parents in the faith. And we got a chance to, after building a relationship in Triangle Church, uh, to go to Bolivia, La Paz, Bolivia, in 2011, at the end of 2012. And we were there for, for some time and... My job was to translate, to interpret for Kevin. But in the process of that, we spent uh, 18 months uh, just uh, leading the church, serving the church, preaching. I became their, their lead minister there. And let me tell you about our time there. The reason we went there is to help the poor, the orphans, the abused that live on the streets of La Paz. 30,000 kids live on the streets of La Paz. When you drive and you're in a car, this is a country where there's billboards that say, please, Dad, don't drink alcohol tonight and beat us. It's all over the country. There are, there are sexually abused children, their own parents, uncles, brothers. And so these children, they, 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 they are underneath these bridges. You go to the next slide. Next slide. That's what we saw every day. Beautiful sight. Next slide. This is how they live. La Paz is uh, 30,000 feet uh, in the air, so it's very cold. And uh, children, they live under these these bridges. And we got to uh, go there and bring medical care to them. Uh, we, we, uh, we funded a, a, a fun run as well to get an ambulance that would go out to the streets. See, these kids don't go to hospitals, and so we had to go out to them. Next slide. So my children at the time, eight, six, and four, when we went, we went as a family because in my Bible, you know, at the time I was, uh, I, I have to tell you, there was a, a time in my life uh, that I wasn't in the ministry. I was working a full-time job uh, two and a half years in North Carolina before I went into the ministry, and I had no idea that God would send us to Bolivia. And by the time I got all that sorted out, I was working 50, 60, 70 hours a, a week at times. Time I got that sorted out, I had three days a week working as an MRI tech. I was, I was making it to church. It was so exciting. And then God said, you're going to La Paz, Bolivia. And so in going there, I, I never thought with a family that I'd be going to Bolivia. I thought as a single person, that makes sense. But as a married guy with three kids, I'll tell you, even that first week that I was there, I said, did I make a mistake? My kids got sick. My wife got sick. We migraines and... Uh, it was, it, you know, we almost lost one of my children at midweek. I mean, there was, we, we couldn't find her in the service. That was heartbreaking for us. But let me tell you, we wouldn't have traded that for anything. Because the experience of being out there and seeing the disciples. See, this was a church that was at one point 200 members, and it was shrinking down to 30 and then to 15 And then Hope Worldwide came in and brought life to the church. And let me tell you, there's a lot of churches in in La Paz, Bolivia. And there's a lot of churches everywhere, right? 
But the thing that that the La Paz Church is known for is a church that helps children, abuse children, the poor. They are known for that now in La Paz, Bolivia. And that's because of men and women like you that have supported the mission work that's being done in La Paz, Bolivia. So what do I want to say to you? I know the people. I know their lives. I know what your giving has done for God to make people this way. If I can summarize it, I would say it this way. Quite simply, your willingness to give, to love, to sacrifice, and be consistent all these years have healed fractured families and have created new life and new legacies for many. And this pleases God. You know, there's plenty of Scriptures in the Bible, and for time's sake, I'll just just mention them. God is all about family. That's what I'm preaching on uh, in the Spanish service. La familia. It's a different message. This is the first time I've ever done this. I've, I've preached like same message three times in a row, you know, on a Sunday. But I'm doing two different messages today. But in talking about la familia, God, he, He's our Father. And we're His children. In the Scriptures, in Romans 8, 13, 17, it talks about that. In the Bible, in Isaiah 66, it describes God as mother. In Mark, we see the relationship of how God values, Jesus values, who's His sister and who's His brother. Hebrews chapter 2. We are sons and daughters. Our changed lives, brothers and sisters, changes other lives. Your offering is our privilege to partner with the Holy Spirit. Turn your Bibles to Matthew 25 as we end. In Matthew 25, once again, a familiar Scripture. If you can go to the last slide here, or not the one before the last. What you've given to, what you're giving to, and what is your gift? I believe Matthew 25 says this beautifully. In verse 35, God's Word says, For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Now we're taking care of a lot of people. God has given us a great blessing being here in the United States. And having had the experience that I've had in these last 20 years, and some of you have had even more experiences, some of you are going to have even more experiences. I pray that as God is trying to expose to you the knowledge of Him and what He's doing worldwide in the Africas, in, in the Caribbean, in South America, He is wanting to use each and every one of you because churches, families that were fractured are coming together again because of how we give and what we give. And so let's not be on auto draft when we give. It's very clear that you're a generous church, but make sure you understand that these stories are your story. It's God's stories that are allowing you to be a part of. God has a plan. 
And all we need to do is come alongside Him. If there's a message for our time in the, in the, in the world that we live in is we do need to pause. We need to stop. We need to make sure that everything that we do is not done in a hurry. But to pause to listen to what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you even today. Because God is that good. God is that amazing. God is a missionary. God building relationships for us to have, not just here on this earth, not just with people that you might never, ever see on this earth, but those relationships that He's going to be pleased to see because you were a part of that when we get to eternity. Amen? Amen. Thank you.